identifying as a four when you're not a four is a way to form up your prosaic, you know, mundane life into a poem. No matter what type you are, you're the same shitty person you were before you knew whatever category or thought you were some category versus (laughs) another one. You know, you're exactly the same. Yeah, like you're saying, you just set up this ideal image of yourself based on the type that you think you are, and you eventually get disappointed. I think that's part of, maybe it takes some time for people to get there. Um, Yeah. Is that all of these types suck. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-prez, pulled a five-wing, four five eight tri-fix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-prez, sexual, nine with one, nine seven four tri-fix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight-wing seven, sexual self-prez, with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-prez social three-wing four, with a If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe us on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Today, uh, this conversation we already recorded because it just naturally arose from um, talking about mistyping, basically, and, and the issues it presents to seeing yourself, you know, just, just the sense of how people get very identified with the type they think they are. And, and so I think one of the big mistakes of a lot of the modern Enneagram stuff is that there's like a scarcity of new ideas and creativity that everybody kind of feels. Mm-hmm. And they grasp for trying to know things better than everybody else. And it's yep. like, no, it's like, you know, things through exploring and curiosity and, and being like, I don't know if that's right. And testing it out and play, right. playing with it and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it never ends with the Enneagram, the learning. I mean, I, I said in a post today, you know, I wouldn't want to be where I was two months ago. You mm-hmm. know? Right. And it's true. I mean, literally, like there's a bunch of stuff that happened. And I couldn't name it. But you know what I mean? It's just, uh, especially like some things around the the trifixes and all that stuff. I mean, it starts to form into more clear characters and so on. Yeah, I mean, I've come a long way just from, I think it was about four years ago. 2016 is probably the first time I hit up David Mm -hmm. about figuring out my heart fix. And at that point, Mm. we'd all started talking to each other on Facebook and I'd seen some better four descriptions and that sort of made me start thinking or give me some stronger ideas that maybe I might have a four fix. And so I wanted to, I explored that with you. And I mean, just how far my understanding of fourness or the heart space has come in like four years, it's like night and day, like it it completely changes your perspective, but that's coming from, I don't understand what this is. I need to talk to someone who does, or I need to ask more questions, throw out everything that I had before. Um, but so many people online or with the Enneagram, they get into it the first year and they become certified coaches, put up a website and they don't even know the basics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I experienced that. Um, it's almost like, and maybe it's because my five is so heavy, but like, it's almost like a visceral experience of a certain hole in my knowledge when yes. I'm talking about types and stuff like this. And that's like, what's led to my book and like led to uh, everything really is just like, Maybe I'm teaching, maybe I'm writing, but it's like I can literally feel where there is a hole in my understanding or it's like mm-hmm. a weakness in my understanding. And I'm like, I got to figure that shit out and play with it and 
turn it over and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like um, that level of curiosity is really discouraged, especially because people either like to feel like they know something, feel correct, mm-hmm. or also like I think people feel like if they are wrong, then the authorities they rely on are wrong. And I think mm-hmm. they don't want to like like a mom or a dad or something. It's like they don't want to make the authority yeah. wrong. And another thing is they can't integrate us posting in these groups and having a strong opinion. And at the same time, we're still curious and know that we've been wrong a million times and we're still learning. They can't put those two things together. And that's huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Maybe this is social last, but sometimes I, I wonder what this like immediate impulse to assume that someone who's speaking confidently about something means that they've set themselves up as as an authority that that yeah. has to be listened to and believes that they're right all the time. It's like like you're saying people can't yeah. separate the idea that hey, I am expressing my views and it, right now it doesn't mean that everything I'm saying is correct. <laughs> you can have your views as well. We can go back and forth and we can come to some better understanding of things, but people start reacting to this perceived authority that they're projecting on on us. Or it doesn't mean that I'm saying the whole truth about whatever the thing is I'm talking about, or that I think I am. Yeah, and it, you know, like I mean, I come from a, a philosophy background, you know, in terms of that's what I studied in college, and you know, and also a psychology. And whereas a lot of people are coming to this from like a self-help, gentle with every yes. everything point of view, mm-hmm. and I understand the place and role of that, but I I think it kind of uh, like if it's necessary, it's necessary. But I also think it does a lot of disservice because, you know, what we're seeing with like the massive confusion of four and nine is like people like the, the thing that it's supposed to help do, which is help you to see yourself and see what's unconscious is, is prevented from doing that because somebody might get super reactive because you confidently state something about whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're just being like, oh, this is blah, 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 without any background. Like there's always explaining and always backing up point of view and saying this is what it is because the reason you explain yourself is because you're genuinely curious about how it checks out you know it comes with a certain position that people expect that behavior from they're like oh this person is speaking like an authority but they're they're not a recognized social authority so who the fuck are you you know like that it's not even about what you're saying anymore it's like delivery we really lack finesse in that department (laughs) it's i don't even it's not that i couldn't copy whatever the fuck that finesse is like you it's just it feels i want to puke the thought of doing that like putting these sort of i'm gonna sandwich what i have to say with these niceties you can copy and paste and put that shit in if you want but would you do that would you want to do that oh fuck no absolutely not (laughs) it would feel totally fake and that's that's the problem about social for us because when you're social last social just feels all fucking fake it it does (laughs) the thing that was coming up for me um about this that i think is also uh important to me from the point of view of of authenticity and you know the way that we as social blinds might interpret authenticity versus how somebody with stronger social or different sensibility might interpret authenticity but you know in in the gurdjieff work at least uh there's a there's a term called work face that i talked about before where it's like you know you can adopt kind of a persona of somebody who does the work mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't have to be in the gurdjieff work you can be in any you don't even have to be in spiritual oh, yeah. or inner work you, anything self-helpy anything that's about self-improvement becomes this face adopted of the person who is on the self-improvement project yep and that becomes a prison for those people because uh they have to at all times like embody the role and 
live up right. to the role and the projections of that role and like oh they like you know it's kind of like it's very capitalist like in the sense of like oh this is the end product like this right. is what we're going to get out of this process i mean i know it's also plays into the bias of my type but i don't necessarily think that's uh negative but i'm really inspired by the malamati which is an early probably pre-sufi sufi group that's about like totally not representing your awakeness outside like dude I'm, yeah i'm into that yeah, you you hide don't. it so you don't turn your inner developmental thing into a thing that builds up the ego instead of tears it down. That's something I want to, as a perspective, I mean, we've kind of embodied that to a certain extent, you know, just getting people to not take their personality personally. Don't come to our group looking for validation for your typing. You just fucking picked a number out of nine. That doesn't make you cool. doesn't make you anything. Uh, but just don't think that you're going to get any sort of validation points because of the type that you believe that you are. To, so stripping that away from people no. gets people to, okay, so why am I even interested in Enneagram if I'm not going to be validated for whatever type I think I am? And, right. and especially the, given the reputation that we have or the group that our group has of being really about accurate typing. A lot of times people come in with something to prove and they flame out very quickly because a month is what they, it takes for them to realize that nobody is going to validate you for whatever type that you think you are. Like you're not more creative. There are a bunch of creative people here of all types. You're not a better artist because of whatever. You're not more interesting because of your sexual type or whatever the fuck you think you are. It's not going to happen. And people end up either getting into it for real or they just go to some other group where people are just going to high five them for thinking they're a sexual type or whatever. Right. Um, like, but yeah, I like that idea of don't reveal whatever place you are at with your inner development. That's for some yeah. kind of external validation. That's not yeah. besides the point. Is there a way to flesh? Is there more uh, fleshing out of that besides just that you're not showing? Oh, you know, for, yeah. Yeah, I could go on a whole thing. But yeah, I mean, the idea is to it's 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 a very deep thing. Like, I think the only thing that Jesus prohibited in the Gospels is ostentatious prayer, mm. right? Like mm. showing your prayerfulness. Uh, I think it's the only thing he actually explicitly prohibited. But um and it's for the same reason, which yep. is the idea is to um, be blameworthy. One of the names of the, the path of Malamati is the way of blame. And it's to be blameworthy in the eyes of all except Allah. You know, that inwardly you are always remembering Allah. You're always in zikr. You're always in remembrance. And that your attention is wholly given over to inner life. That not to spoil it by turning it into an ego-building project. And now, not to say that our attention is always on Allah, but I think that, you know, that there's a real sincere attempt to actually be awake. But, like, part of my thing is, like, all right, there is attempting to be awake and then there's attempting to be awake, but also like, I still like, I, I don't lose my sense of humor and I don't lose my human reactions just because I'm, I'm trying something. And there is a, there is something about, okay, like don't feed, like, like, you know, I often just go like, oh, I hate this. I hate that, you know, whatever. And from one point of view, um, and I think it depends circumstance to circumstance and reaction to reaction. But if I'm just saying like, oh, I hate uh, Elon Musk. It's like, who cares? You know, it's like, it's not like, <laughs> it's like feeding my ego that much because whatever, but there's not much investment. But if like, if I'm in a fight with somebody um, and I'm giving over to hatred inside, like that's a whole other thing. You know, it's like, how do you really be human? And what does really being human look like? And it's not always, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a work in progress where like right now I'm in a place where I think I hate Elon Musk. It's not like a controversial from the turn, from the point of my inner life, it doesn't like disturb my my own sensibility. But maybe I'll change that in the future. But but the point is that you know to be fully human is not to like do this 
I've transcended human feelings, reactions. In the Gurdjieff work, we talk about um, not giving expression to negative emotions. And it doesn't mean not having negative emotions. It doesn't even mean not talking about them, but it means don't get identified with them. But how do you skillfully still be human from the point of view of have, in a sense, negative emotions? Negative emotions in this context also means positive emotions too. It's just anything self-centered. But how do you have them and express them like a human and talk about them, but without getting identified and is there a line there and whatever. So it goes very, very deep, but it's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you'd have these, these Sufis that would be like, uh, run out of town because some of them would just be looking like they're not obeying Sharia law, but they really are, or, you know, doing more extreme things, but to kind of get provocations and to be blameworthy, to have no social cred. I sent in the, in the chat, uh, there's a, a book called, uh, Sufi, The Way of Blame. And it's a great book. It's a little scholarly, but it's it's on this. Mm. Just with all our experiences with all these groups, uh, I, I feel like just being so sick of everything that we've seen, like just the level of mistyping, but it's not just the mistyping, but it's how personally people are, are taking their typing, um, what it means about them. It's like it completely gets in the way of any sort of inner work and, and self-work or growth where you're not willing to step outside what you think the type that you've identified with says about you as a, as a person um, can't get anywhere. I mean, what you're talking about, I, I guess we've already said it, but that's sort of the model. We're already sort of doing that. I mean, it's just our natural yeah. style is, and that's the differentiator between the boomer Christian Enneagram people, you know, cause that's so much about artifice and, you know, here we are and we're all doing spiritual good things. It, it's really cool to see how uh, people don't, there's no middle ground reaction to us. People show up to the group and um, people either like it, they stay, or a lot of people leave. Like we have such a high rate of people who are like, fuck this. Like there's a strong reaction to um, the direction that we're going. And like in the group admin panel, it shows you like a percentage of the group that's active, which means like people who are viewing a post, commenting or liking a post. And we have like, what, seven, 777 people in the group and 650 active members, which means there are that many people who are engaging with whatever the content is. So it's not like people who just passively just hang out in a group. Like the direction of the group has enough of a distinctness that people either leave or they engage with it in some kind of way. And I think that's really cool. <laughs> I haven't looked at that. I didn't realize that. That's a really high percentage. That's a lot of people. Like you, you don't just stay. Like something. Oh, that's all enough my alts. Of, <laughs> <laughs> enough of some shit is going down in the group that people are like, "Fuck this, I'm leaving," or they're actively engaging what's going on. Like there's no middle ground. Like sometimes I think about like how do we get more people to follow our pages and stuff, but it's like it's a very small percentage of people who are ready or even capable of approaching things this way. It's such a hard shift from what's out there that um, it's just going to rub most people the wrong way. You know, to an earlier point you made, Emika, about people not getting their type validated, like I've joked about this before, but hell has no fury like somebody who is uh, believes that you're not seeing the type they think they are, that they're probably not. (laughs) Um, You know, that like, and, and so it's an interesting thing because whether they pay y'all for uh, some kind of typing thing right. or whatever, even if it's just like a people Oops, ask for feedback or whatever and they get it and then they don't like it. It like creates this really powerful, I guess, wound. And it's just interesting to me because uh, on one hand, like, you know, a lot of these types aren't even um, heart types. You know, it's not like a, a, an image type thing that's like 
yeah. there's an image level wound on one hand. And on the other hand, it's like, no matter what type you are, you're the same shitty person you were before you knew whatever category or thought you were some category versus <laughs> another one. You know, you're exactly the same. I don't understand why people throw the insult that, no, you're mistyped. You're this type. It's like, what difference does it make? Like, I am still here, the same person. Like, what this thought that you had that I'm whatever doesn't actually change anything. It doesn't <laughs> change shit. It's, and to your point about just the contrast that it's not an image thing, which does show you how much personality is an image thing. Precisely. Yeah. And it's also interesting, too, because, I mean, uh, as we also talk a lot about, it's like, you know, like, I mean, my type, tri-type, instinct combination, even my, uh, what is it, cognitive functions or whatever, mm. are like like the most desirable for people that are online <laughs> yeah. too much. Yeah. And it's like, first of all, just like, I'm an example and it's like, I'm not that great, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I mean, like it sucks having a personality and it's like, no matter what type you are, all your personality, your personality is going to suck and still makes you an asshole. And, uh, doesn't, you know, it's not like I have new gifts because I learned I was a four of the five. Exactly. Uh, and also it's like, if you're really looking at this stuff, you're just seeing how asleep you are and how ineffective it makes you at whatever you're, you want to, yeah really be and and so it's like they're all you're a machine like so it's like on one hand people are like when you sort of counter them about stuff with with typing it's like on one hand no you're not your type and no your type doesn't get it uh everything about you at the same time it characterizes you in so many ways that it's hard to imagine how limited you are by it only by seeing your limitations can anything really in the pattern can you start to see what in you is not a pattern and so it's, it's like going for these dumb categories that are categories of our flavor of sleep to try to get some sense of identity from them. It's a, it's a losing project no matter what fucking happens. Yeah, I can say that I can empathize to some degree that when you first get into the Enneagram, you kind of create these images in your mind of what these yeah. types might say about you. Yeah. If you were to identify them, it's kind of unavoidable. But then you identify with the type and then you realize nothing fucking changed. Right. Nothing changed. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a seven now, which means I'm so much fun. And I'm, you know, I'm really good at parties. And, and, and then you go to a party and it's like, you're still just as awkward as you have always been. Or maybe you're just as funny as you've always been. Like nothing actually changed. So just like you go through these experiences of okay you are the sexual four five eight that you think you are now what what actually happened Um, because you've realized this thing about yourself nothing actually changes you like people who travel like you try in different clothes you go to a different country and you think oh my life is different now nothing fucking changed right i don't know we could talk about uh, a little bit about like what it means to transition from one type to another yeah i guess that would be a good one yeah no that's a it's important actually right right typing thing yeah because uh, I'm probably the only one who made, I didn't have, have huge jumps, but I, I had a couple of jumps over the course of my typing journey. Mm-hmm. So just the experience of mistyping and what that does to your perspective. And I already talked about a little bit, just like the excitement of a new type. Oh, this is the type that I am. You're, literally, you're looking at these lists of qualities like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really dominant. And I'm really like, uh, oh, man, I can really orchestrate some stuff. And it's. And then you get all really high on the list of qualities that you're seeing in yourself partly, but you're also kind of creating this self-fantasy of, I have these super, you know, qualities that are ideal, ideal. And then you come down from that and you know, realize, okay, I'm, I'm this type that I think I am, but 
it doesn't really apply to your day-to-day lived experience, you know, like you well, still have I, to deal with yourself. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I, th- I think one of the things about uh, mistyping or, I mean, just typing in general is that I think that sometimes when you feel a type right or wrong, it, it gives you a sense of potential that like, yeah, like you feel like that's my potential. And then uh, it's harder to envision since the, the potential of some types versus others is in a gut reaction. And it can feel kind of heartbreaking to feel like the, the first heartbreak is, oh, uh, that's not the potential I think I have. But the second heartbreak is that uh, even if that was my type, that would not be my potential either. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all yeah. just like a fantasy in the in the first place. Yeah, it feels like multiple awakenings. Like the first time you realize, oh, I could have a type and you idealize the description and you think I am the description. I and mean, then you realize that, I mean, no description can describe you, but it's describing some psychological dynamics. Yeah, like you're saying, you just set up this ideal image of yourself based on the type that you think you are, and you eventually get disappointed. I think that's part of, maybe it takes some time for people to get there. Um, yeah. Is that all of these types suck. I like people ask, so what's your favorite type? I don't like, there's something about every single type that I absolutely hate, you know, yeah. including right. my own. Right. Um, there's nothing like at, at the end of the day, they're all fucked up patterns at the end of the day. And if you've taken a close enough look, you realize that. And so it's like, I don't know what people are, eventually it's like, what are you excited about? Like identify <laughs> with the type that you you dream yourself to be and then see how you feel after a year or two years or three years. How do you continue propping yourself up with this, you know, thing that you picked out of a book? It's like you're still the same person. And that's also there- why, um, you know, the roasting trife. Fixed names are so are are great because it's like you kind of de-romanticizing all of them because they're all sort of horrible. Yes. Yeah. The other part piece of it though is the other layer. Well, and there's of course there's the essence piece, right? Which is a whole other thing, of course. But then maybe connected to that, I don't even know if it is, but there is, and we've mentioned we touched on it before, there is like a magic actually that each type has to be, it's almost like, and this will make me sound really flaky. It's almost like a law of attraction thing because yes. of, the, because of the mindset of each type, each tri type, each stacking, not the best word, but there is a magic that comes with a certain crystallized mindset. Now the crystal of course also becomes uh, petrified and overly weighted because it's a personality, right? Well, the bulk of what you're doing is not the magic, I guess. But nonetheless, you can still be, you can still be doing it. It'll, it could be a curse, you know, kind of magic also, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, something I, I got from my um, exploring Michael teachings and, you know, in that system, they've got that everyone is born with a cert- certain essence archetype. So you might be an artisan, you might be a warrior, you might be uh, a priest. And so these archetypes attract you to certain types of experiences, or you have like this um, sort of role to play and perspective. And I started to look at Enneagram types that way, that because of their structures, they, they're set up to, to be attracted to certain experiences because of the perspective that they have. And that's true for the stackings also. Like, so these, these types psychological dynamics have inherent gifts and so what happens when you first typing yourself is you notice the gifts that some of these types have and then sometimes when you mistype yourself you realize that the gifts that you thought you had that you thought this type was aren't actually the gifts that you day-to-day exemplify and so 
there's this process, at least for me, when I was trying to figure out my type with Michael teachings and the Enneagram of idealizing certain qualities that you'd like to have, and then letting that sit for some time and then realizing these are the actual qualities that I do have, like in terms of the things that I'm actually doing. When you look at the patterns yourself and being honest, like, okay, I'm actually someone who is really good at zeroing in on a perspective to uh, like to find the angle on terrorizing someone or like the thing, the perspective that can cut through the bullshit. But it's not this other thing that I thought I had. This is just what I continuously do over and over again. I have this specific perspective and being honest about what that is instead of like this idealized thing that you would like to have or you think you might have. Um, so it's this process of uncovering the distance between the separation between your self-fantasy and where you're actually at. Another aspect to this, too, is like like you, Emika, like you're an eight and it's like the sort of ego ideal of eight is, is power, you know, and that's like the essential quality is power. And people want to feel powerful. And, and I'm sure as an eight that sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But people sort of my mistype as an eight to be, go, be like, oh, I'm powerful. You know, mm-hmm. to like, but it's a different view because like knowing you as a human, like I know that there's times when you feel disempowered and it's not because you're an eight that, you know, you can never be disempowered or something like right. that. It's like, right. it's a different quality. It's not like you're just, Emika comes into a room and suddenly is the king. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. It's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's actually very subtle, but it's, it's, right. at, it's, it's potent and subtle at the same time. We're like. You know, uh, a lot of reasons people identify as fours is they, you know, four is about depth. And as a four, I find the way other people seemingly, you know, depth and power are very vague words. It can mean a lot of things in terms mm-hmm. of language is limited. But when people start to, uh, that I think are mistyped, talk, talk about their depth as a four, generally it's a kind of depth that I don't value at all. You know, right. it's like my deep, deep feelings means like I'm just so sad that whatever. And it's like, that doesn't feel real and deep to me. It feels like you're just, you can't manage your feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, or just like, I really, these personal conversations that I get, I just get, I'm so real and so into <laughs> It's like, there's very few people that are interesting that I want to get that deep with uh, in terms of a conversation or, you know, like, like, what are you getting out of that? That's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's like, a, it's not deep to me, but that might be really deep to these other people. And I'm not saying it's not deep. I'm just saying it's as a four and what I think other fours are going for, it's different. And it's like that kind of depth is totally fine and it's totally okay. You don't have to be a four to like value that kind of depth is the main thing, but Mm -hmm. get the association between what you think this essential quality is that, or the name used for the essential quality versus the real experience. Like get clear on what you're really going for and why, you know, no need, no needing to use uh, a type identification as a prop Mm -hmm. for, uh, or an excuse to see yourself in that way. You know what I'm saying? To flatter yourself. For a lot of people just, you know, figuring out what is my place in life? Like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing with myself? And it feels like people use these types as a way to give give their life path a direction or some kind of significance. And yeah, it feels like four represents, okay, my life is drab. I, I'm not really doing anything creative, but there's this part of me that's hidden and this hidden impulse that I have to to be these things and these this identifying with this type allows me to feel like I am living out this fantasy yeah I, th- I think for I think I've said it before is a part of it is it's it's a way identifying as a four when you're not a four is a way to this is of course totally unconscious 
to sort of form up your prosaic, you know, mundane life into a poem or a composition, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, all along, you were this beautiful piece of art, right? Or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All fours, beautiful art. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But that's what, that's how people conceptualize it, right? It's all of my feelings, which are really just pretty mundane, normal human feelings, are now poetry, right? Yeah. yeah. They're, comp- they're compositions that could last, that could stand the test of time. They're more meaningful than just meaningful to me because I'm experiencing them. They have some kind of like something more significant than just my experience or something like that. Yeah. And you know what? I think if people actually, because I had an experience of initially identifying with seven and then eventually realizing that I was an eight and there's an experience of reading the descriptions and, and imagining what that might be. And it's almost like creating this character in your mind of this idealized character of what that type is like, Oh, eights are so badass and, and so strong. And, and I'm that I'm a dominant person and my whole life has been this way. And then you, you recognize that actually it's just a certain kind of perspective that I have on situations. I'm just as vulnerable as anyone else. It doesn't mean that I don't lose. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm never gotten the better of. It's just that I have this consistent pattern of attention, perspective, which comes along with certain gifts, but it's like there's a certain bunch of other things I'm not paying attention to. It's a very limited point of view. It's like I somehow am always thinking of how to, I guess, have the advantage in any situation. It just means I'm not paying attention to so many other things. And so when you realize how limited your perspective is, it's a huge letdown. Like, yeah. It's really disappointing. Like I, there was a point where you, the more you understand these types, the less you're not getting much juice from the Enneagram, quote unquote, in terms of validating yourself in any way, because you realize how fucking pathetic it is. I'm always seeing things this way. There's really no other way for me to see things other than right. this sort of default kind of a way. And when you see, when you see that happening with, other people who are the same type as you, you start to hate it, you know, because it is very limited. And so I, I kind of want to make people feel as terrible as I feel about my type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're framing up reality as an eight, as combat, and you, that you need to be watching this person and this person and this person, that's a, an extreme loss of freedom, really. Right? Yes. I have a couple of eights in my family. So when I came to the Enneagram, I thought, oh, I'm just this way because of the family that I grew up mm-hmm. in. So I, I really dismissed eightness because I, I feel like most people are like that. And then once I got out into the world is when I realized like most people are not like this at all. You know, like in my family, it's just expected that if you make a mistake, you're going to be ripped to shred. Not like you're going to be attacked. You know what I mean? Like not like no. in a serious way, but it's like if you slip up, like if I was with my sister the other night and I said like Charlie's Theron was on the screen for some movie and I was like, I don't really, I was like, I don't really like her. And it was just something I threw out there and she's like, oh, so you don't like her because she's a woman. Check your biases, man. I was like, and she's like, tell, <laughs> tell me why you don't like her. And I, so I was trying to like find reason why I didn't like her. And she's like, so only, only, only men get to be stoic, silent. Cause I said something like, oh, she doesn't really emote. She's not really expressive. like so but you're like ryan gosling and i was like i mean but and so she got me like i didn't have a real reason (laughs) (laughs) so it's like like shit like that you know but it's constant where you know i'll catch her in something and she'll catch me in something but if you're not like used to a energy it's like it might feel exhausting but that's like what my personality is doing all the time it's like you know you're just kind of like trying to get at people um 
uh, all the time, but it's like, that is just the personality dynamic. It doesn't make me a badass. It's just like, this is what my mind is doing all the time. That's a, <laughs> that's a definite certain kind of hell, actually. <laughs> yeah. People get around us and they're just like, what is wrong with you? Why you hating like a job sucker? Should've went and got a job sucker. She'll spend the night if I left. She'll bust it open like a lip. I'm a real bad man, sucker. Better watch me like a van, sucker. Let me catch your ass again, sucker. I'ma show you what I'm saying, sucker. Don't be a sucker. Don't be a buster. Don't be a sucker. Don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be a Why you checking up my vibe, sucker? I'm connected like the mob, sucker. Get your ass minimized, sucker. I'm the baddest man alive, sucker.